Hey friends, just popping in here before we start the episode to let you know about Free Verse Fridays Live. And what I'm doing is I'm going on Instagram Live every Friday for the month of November to share a poem from my new poetry book, my new collection of poems called Divorce Papers, A Slow Burn. Pre-orders are now available. The book will be published in February, but you can reserve your copy today at finishinglinepress.com slash divorce papers a slow burn by leslie ann hobayan it's a lot a, a lot but you can grab the link in the show notes or you can go to my instagram and grab the link there the live sessions will be on instagram so join me at 11 11 a.m for some previews of the book hope to see you there and who knows maybe there'll be some surprise guests as well have fun Welcome to Spiritual Grit, the podcast where we talk real talk about spirituality through the lens of activism and social justice. What happens when activism and spiritual practices collide? What sparks of change call for the grit we need to create meaningful strides in social justice? I'm your host, Leslie Ann Hobayan, poet, priestess, activist, professor, hip-hop dancer, and badass mama. Join me as we dive in to learn more about our deepest selves so that we can be better ancestors to create a stellar world for our descendants. Grab your dancing shoes and let's get groovy with the grit right now. Hello loves, welcome to another episode of Spiritual Grit. How are you on this beautiful day? I hope wherever you are, wherever you are listening, you are able to capture the beauty in this moment. Whether or not you woke up on the wrong side of the bed doesn't matter. Maybe you woke up on the right side of the bed, but appreciate, give thanks to the beauty of this now moment, because this is all we have right now. Deep breath in and deep breath out let it all out. All right. So I've got our Oracle cards for today. The um, Starseed Oracle deck is going to kick us off and I just like to shuffle on the, on the show. It's, it's a lot of fun. The cards feel good. Um, and so the card for today for today's episode is Surrender to the Sweetness, which is so of course, appropriate timing wise to the topic I had in mind for today's episode. Um, you know, Oracle cards, tarot cards are divination tools that help you see the things that you already know or confirm the things that you know, but couldn't quite articulate. Um, so these are why I love them so much, why they're so helpful, because sometimes I'm trying to tune in to some feeling or some some message I might be receiving, but it's coming in foggy or fuzzy, and I'm just like, well, I don't don't quite know what it is. I have a sense, but I don't fully have that clarity. So I turn to the cards, and when I pull a card, I'm like, oh yeah, of course, yeah, totally. So, so today's card is called Surrender to the Sweetness. It is... Um, Venus energy, pleasure, 
joy make love to life. Now, the idea of surrendering to sweetness is so inviting because a lot of us in the spiritual communities hear the word surrender a lot. And it's often not associated with comfortable feelings, we'll say. It's like, you know, if we're going through a hard time, people are like, just surrender to the process, just go with the flow, whatever. And you're like, and then there's this resistance and you want to take control of whatever's happening and try to shift it to the result that you want. But then people are inviting you to surrender, right? And so you're like, okay, I'll just surrender and let it go. But the idea of surrendering to the sweetness feels so sweet. I know I just used the word in the word. (laughs) It just feels so inviting where I think what it's bringing attention to is the fact that a lot of us focus on what's hard. A lot of us focus on what's challenging. Um, We focus on the pain and the suffering. We're like, we got to heal. We got to heal. But this is a reminder that our whole existence is not solely on healing. That's not our one singular job or purpose in life. We are multifaceted. As Whitman says, we contain multitudes. And so this invitation to surrender to the sweetness is interesting because I think about how when there's something that is going well in our lives, when there is sweetness in our lives, a lot of us tend to be suspicious of it. You know, it's like, oh, it's too good to be true or this won't last or whatever. And here's the thing. Okay, it's too good to be true. No, it's true because it's actually happening, right? You're just denying the the realness, the truthfulness of whatever you're experiencing. So just surrender to that sweetness, enjoy it for what it is. And then that phrase of it, you know, it won't last. Of course it won't last. Nothing lasts. Everything is temporary. And so why waste the time of the experience of that sweetness, of that sweet moment on the the opposite of it, on oh, this is too good to be true. It'll never last. What happens? You just you just ruin that moment of sweetness. How awful is that? You know, you just taint it with this, with this thinking like, oh, yeah, well, we're just going to go back to blah, blah, blah after this moment is done. Who cares? Be in the moment. Be in the freaking moment. All right, so let's read the guidebook. This is a sensual, highly feminine card. Oh, yes. Let me describe the card for you. It is like a lush landscape of what I would imagine a tropical paradise would be. There's a big flowing river in the middle of it. And then there are these these not cliffs or mountains, mountains, I guess, on this like the, the riverbanks are elevated with lush plant life. And there's a woman in the lower left hand corner who has a magnificent rose-colored sparkly cape and the sky is rose and powder blue and there are planets in the sky it's almost as if um, the, the planets were just like airplanes they're very close giant planets close to the earth um assuming this is earth and then there's a few lily pads there's a man in the river leaning on one of the lily pads you know his half body half of his body's you know in it like he's swimming and he's taking a break (laughs) on the lily pad um but yeah it's just it's so soft and gorgeous okay so this is a sensual highly feminine card 
It's a call to surrender to the sweetness of life, to let the ever-abundant feminine take over. Mmm. To taste the fruits you've been working so hard to grow. <gasps> yes, to that. We do not take enough time to pause and enjoy our little wins. We don't take the time to celebrate how far we've come. And I'm just, you know, I'm guilty of that too. But it's such a great reminder to be like, no, you know what? You have come a long way. Why don't you pause, turn around, and see where you started compared to where you are standing in this moment. So much has evolved. So much has grown. And to celebrate that. And you know, it's interesting because when you do that, you feel more empowered. You feel more energy to keep going on your journey. You know, there are times when we're on our path and we feel frustrated or we feel like, what am I doing? Like, what, what is, what is, what is all this? I'm doing these things, but nothing is happening or nothing are not, I'm not seeing anything happening. Right. And so we, we get frustrated. We start spinning our wheels. Like we need to make something happen. That's the, that's the wounded masculine trying to do, 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 right. Trying to spin the wheels to create something, to force something to happen. But when you can just pause and celebrate how far you've come and to ease into that, then you'll feel more energized to allow for progress to happen. If that, if that makes any sense. All right, let me, I'll expand on it. Let me just finish reading the guidebook. Um, so to let your senses take over and really drink in your life with wonder. Yes, I have a feeling I'm just going to keep pausing during this, <laughs> this reading of the guidebook because what happens is we tend to get caught up in our physical environment, in what's happening around us and what's happening with other people that we forget to look at our own lives, to take a mirror to our own lives and say, hey, look, look what you've done. Look what amazing things you have created. Look at the stuff you've accomplished. Look at the awareness that you've, that you've gained. Look at the love that you've grown and stop comparing to your, to, to others where they've been, because we don't know what really goes on in a person's life aside from what they reveal to us. But also it's not a contest. It's not a race. We are all on our own path, moving at our own pace and growing as we need to, as what feels right-sized for us. Okay, continuing on. To get intoxicated on the simple bounty that this planet has to offer and which you have within you when your well is full. Mm, mm, fill your well, my friends. Please fill it rest, read books, look at art, listen to music, fill your well, hug people. Mm. Uh, the ancient Babylonians connected the feminine goddess Ishtar to the planet Venus. And in Roman mythology, Venus was the goddess of love and beauty. In our night sky, aside from the moon, Venus shines the brightest. Time is our most precious resource, and it's the greatest healer. If you've been at all work and no play, <clears throat> you know who you are out there. 
and I will say I'm sometimes guilty of this as well. <laughs> this is a sign to take some time out. Take time out. Yes. Go have fun. Go play. To reconnect with your lover, play with your children, and give yourself the luxury of time without an agenda. That is very hard, I will say, my friends. To have the luxury of time without an agenda. So imagine that you had like a whole day unscheduled and you're like, okay, what am I going to do today? See, there's that word do again. What am I going to do today? Mm -mm. What if you just said, I'm going to feel into like what? feels good right now what's the thing that feels good that I might want do I want to take a nap do I want to watch some k-dramas <clears throat> not talking about myself <laughs> uh, do I want to bake some cookies do I want to just lay on the couch and read a book and it doesn't matter what time it is or how long or whatever there's no schedule can you do that are you able to do that a lot of us are not a lot of us are not I know that I am not I have some days where I can just like have a whole hour and be like, you know what? I'm not going to do anything for this hour. If I feel like reading, I'll read. If I want to nap, I'll nap. But this hour is just going to be mine. Maybe that's where we start. Start with just an hour. No agenda. You just say this hour is a meeting with myself and no one has to know what I do in that hour. So I'm going to go do what I want to do and then build it up and see what it's like to have a whole day without an agenda. Um, sure, you can make plans if you want to, you know, but it really is about playing in the space of time and feeling into your intuition to find out what is it that your body wants? What is it that your soul wants to do? I might go for a hike later. That's what I'm feeling, but I might want to take a nap too. <laughs> All right. Many of us are so busy building our lives that we forget to enjoy them. Yes, 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 yes. 100% yes. We forget why we decided to build them in the first place. This is true. Disconnection from the sweetness causes more pain than we realize. Oh, Lordy, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Disconnection is so painful. So many of us walk into soulless buildings five days a week in the name of survival. Oh, that sentence hits hard, my friends. I know a lot of people who work corporate jobs and are just doing it because they need to survive. And my invitation for those who might be in that situation, yes, of course, you need a job to get paid so that you can earn money, so that you can pay the bills to have the life that you want. I understand that. Yes, we need to work with money. But do you have to be asleep when you do it? Can you create awareness around how you feel about your job and ask yourself, can you reframe that into something that's more beneficial. So instead of saying, yep, just hanging out, you know, doing my job, can't wait to retire, you know, can't wait for my pension to kick in, blah, 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 I'm just going to survive. Instead of that, can you do something else? Can you reframe your day to, oh, I get to go into work today and see my friend or my colleague and we'll hang out at lunchtime and blah, 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 blah. Oh, I get to 
XYZ, whatever it is, but can you make the smallest shifts in your attitude, in your approach to how you do things? Not even just a job, just anything. Sometimes it's hard for us to reframe things. Sometimes we get so stuck in a grumpy rut that it feels familiar and automatic and it's easy when it's a habit, right? It's easy to be grumpy and just be like, rah, 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 rah. But is that the kind of life that you want to live? That's the, the bigger question, right? Um, I feel like I'm going to go off on a tangent. <laughs> so let me finish reading the guidebook. Um, we strive, oh, 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 we strive to build the life of our dreams, but our drive, but drive ourselves to exhaustion. This is true. Like we want to build the life of our dreams, but we do it so hard. We're like, oh, we got to do this. We got to do this. Got to scramble, got to hustle, all these things to build this life that we dream about. But then we're too tired to actually enjoy it. So this card is wooing you back to the pleasures of being human, to focusing on what really matters and enjoying your incredible life. So here is your starseed soul inquiry questions for today. How can you surrender to the sweetness of life? What's one way you can enjoy your life a little more? Ice cream, anyone? <laughs> um, so I was saying like, thinking about how we can reframe our approach to life to create awareness around that. Because what happens is that when our attention or our attitude towards our life is that of um, a lower vibration, then we can't expect things to change. It's just, you know, it's just going to stay the same. So there's this saying, like, if you want your life to change, you have to change your life. Um, <laughs> which is, you know, these play on words crack me up. But it's like, you can't expect your life to change if you keep doing the same thing over and over again. You can't just hope for something to come into your life to change your life. You need to be a little more proactive. You need to shift things a little bit, do things out of the ordinary, burn down the old paradigms, as I like to say. You know, we're so used to doing things a certain way, we're gonna get the same result. So can we create or imagine a new way of seeing things, of doing things, in, in the hopes that some other result will come out? Um, you know, I, I have so many things in my head right now. I have this saying that I tell my kids, when you complain, you send three blessings away. I believe that. I don't know where the number three comes from, but I've read that somewhere. <laughs> but I believe that in complaining, what we do is we, we create this low vibration. And so blessings are at a high vibration. And if you're following the law of attraction, you know, low vibration attracts low vibration. So if you're going to complain, more things to complain about are just going to come into your life. The blessings that were on their way were like, oh no, that vibration doesn't match. We're going to go meet up with somebody else who matches our frequency. And so that's why it's important for us to create awareness around our mindset and then to shift that mindset to say, hey, all right, I'm done complaining because what it does, what complaining does at the the base level is that it gives your power away. When you complain, you give your power away because it's an expression of, I don't have any say in the matter. I don't have any um, control 
over the situation. And that might be true to a certain extent. You know, there may be circumstances beyond your control. We can't control things except ourselves. But we, when we blame other people for what's happening in our lives, we give our power away. Blaming is also complaining. We are expecting others to take on the responsibility of our lives. That's essentially what we're doing. And so, yes, there are circumstances beyond our control, but we are still in charge of our own response to those circumstances. So, for example, I don't know, I have a lot of things that are floating through my head that can be examples, but all right, here's an example. Say you are working an office job and you've been there for a while and you just complain about the job. You're like, you don't complain necessarily to the people at work, but you complain to your friends outside of work. You complain to your kids. You just complain to, to people. And you've been working there for a while, but your energy shows, you know, it's like you kind of trudge in, trudge out, do the, the thing that you need to do, do the bare minimum and, or not even the bare minimum. You just do your job and then you just leave. You're just very not into it. Okay. You don't like your job. Fine. But complaining about it, that energy becomes very apparent. So one day, maybe there is an opportunity for a promotion and you're like, yes, this is what I have been working so hard for. I want to get this promotion because I will take on more responsibilities because I'll get a higher salary and I need the money because I got these bills to pay and blah, 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 blah. But then you have a colleague who um, is also up for this promotion. Now, these, this scenario could be familiar for a lot of people, right? You, you've seen it on TV and movies and things like that. You've got the, you've got the friendly competition. And so a colleague of yours um, is up for the same promotion. And what they do in the movies is that they portray both parties, like working so hard, working so hard to like give out the best presentation, blah, blah, blah. But one person, you will say you are the main character works hard to do it, right? To perform for a certain expectation, to perform for what they, quote unquote, what they, the bosses, what you think that they want. But then person number two, your your competition, your colleague, loves doing this kind of work, whatever it is, and loves the idea of this presentation and really enjoys it, you know, but doesn't doesn't really work all that hard, just kind of goes with the flow. And this frustrates the heck out of you because you're like, how is that person even up for the same promotion? They don't do anything. They don't do as half as much work as I do. And so, um, so the day of the presentations comes, right? And the bosses are impressed by your work. They, they can see how hard you worked, but then your colleague goes to present and they are razzle dazzled by that person's presentation. Why? Because there was so much passion. There was so much enthusiasm, so much high vibrational energy given, even though the graphics were basic, even though, you know, there was some tech issues at the beginning and secretly you were rolling your eyes like, Oh, you're amateurs, you know, whatever. But your colleague ends up getting the promotion. Why? Because that person was grateful, was operating from a place of 
high vibrational energy in trusting and feeling and, you know, going with the flow. And I, as I'm talking, I'm thinking that this is not exactly the most clear of examples. Um, but I hope you get what I'm saying is that our thoughts create our reality. Our thoughts and how we feel about things inform what kind of life we are creating for ourselves. And so if you, if you look around at your life as it is right in this moment, and you're unhappy with some of it, take a look at that and ask yourself, okay, how did, how did we get here? How did we get to this place? Is it because, well, we'll take the job thing. Is it because I'm always grumpy when I go to work, complaining about how this job sucks? It's like, I don't get any help. I'm overwhelmed. Don't they know how hard I'm working? I mean, it's like endless calls, endless meetings, and, you know, no one notices and no one appreciates what I do. Do you go to work like that? No wonder you're feeling like your life is miserable. Because a lot of us who have jobs, we spend a big percentage of the day at the job, right? And so you create this vibe, this energy of frustration, of overwhelm, of non-appreciation, that it then spills over into the other parts of your life, which then perpetuates that where... Say you're at home and you don't feel appreciated because you don't feel appreciated at work. And now you're bringing that over to your home life. You're like, oh, no one's appreciating what I do here. And so it's really key to really pay attention to our thoughts, to try to create a space between our thoughts and observing our thoughts to really notice, all right, what are the patterns of thought that I engage in? Do I always complain? Do I always close doors when someone says something that doesn't feel possible? Am I always like, oh yeah, right. Is that a response that I say all the time? What are some of the habits in my speech that I can pay attention to? You know, I mean, I think about a lot of phrases that that people say, like life sucks or, you know, life is hard or it's all about suffering or blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I mean, these are just some examples. Life, life's a bitch and then you die. I've heard that one a lot when I was in my 20s. I was like, well, that's not nice, but okay, I guess. Um, but this is the reality that you create. You know, if there are certain things that you say all the time, certain thoughts that you think all the time, that is going to be the reality you create. You know, so for me, this idea of surrendering into sweetness, and if I say that over and over and over again, I'll be like, oh my God, there's sweetness in my life. How amazing. And I just saying that right now, as I'm recording this, my whole body is, is feeling lighter. Like I got little high vibe chills right now. 
Like to think about like, I have sweetness in my life and I'm going to surrender to that and I'm going to be grateful for it. And I am going to just bask in that. And that feels so good. High vibration. And, you know, for those who are in the frame of like practical stuff, well, high vibration doesn't pay the bills or whatever it is, because I know ego likes to come in sometimes and and keep us safe with these practical concerns. We do live in a three-dimensional world, but our vibration actually can help with that. Sounds kind of off the wall, but if you've been listening to me for some time, you know that it's this life is beyond the three-dimensional. So to think about how your frequency, your vibration that you hold influences how money flows into your life. Because if you think about money, money is a frequency. Money is, they call it currency, right? So we think about like an electric current. And who you are being, what kind of relationship you have with money helps influence the flow of money in your life. And this is very simplistic. I mean... I could go on about it. I'm not going to because it's very involved. It's not, it's not just like, Hey, I'm going to think high vibration, you know, all the time. And then money is just going to flow my way. Yeah, that can happen. But there are subconscious programs that are deep seated within that you may not even know about that have to do with healing some money stories from growing up from past generations, from intergenerational trauma. Um, But we can start with now. And thinking that if I can heal my relationship with money, I can heal the vibrational exchange, then I'll have more money blessings coming my way. At least that is my point in thinking and being aware of the reality that we are creating in our lives on a daily basis. And yes, it's, it fluctuates, you know, some people have good days, some people have bad days, same, you know, sometimes I have a great morning and then by midday I'm like, oh, But then I'm like, wait, I'm aware of what's happening. And so I can shift that into something else. And then by late afternoon, I'm like, oh, I'm back. So it's, it's, it's human for us to fluctuate, to go from high to low, to, um, tune in, to not tune in, but the more we practice the more we practice awareness, consciousness, meditation to get there, our response time begins to become quicker. 
our response time to shifting our energy back to where we want it happens faster. And what's interesting is sometimes when you are self-aware and you know that you're choosing a low vibrational thought and you want to stay there, <laughs> that cracks me up because, because that happens to me, right? I'll be like, yeah, you know, I'm feeling kind of emo, feeling kind of down about stuff and I'm aware of that, right? But I, and I could do something about it to shift away from that. But I'm like, no, I kind of just want to stay here. <laughs> I just want to be emo and all in my sadness and whatever. I just, I just want to say, but it, and it's funny, it cracks me up. Like I crack myself up. You should like the map of my mind must be so wild right now. Like between all the conversations <laughs> that go on in there. But I'm like, yeah, I just want to be sad. And then, and then when I'm sad, then I just get, like, I, I feel myself start to spiral down. And I was like, oh, yeah, no. Like, we can be sad. Okay, now it's time to shift it. Because then the continual thoughts of sadness just deepen it more and more, where then it's, like, harder to get out of it. To, it becomes more challenging to shift out of it. So what I do is I sometimes message one of my, like, high vibe friends. I was like, I'm feeling emo. Can you talk me out of <laughs> talk me out of it. Um, they don't talk me out of it. I mean, they, they ask me really great questions and I'm like, oh yeah, okay. Getting back on track. Love it. And so, you know, it's normal. It's, it's human to go back and forth. And it's also another reminder how important it is for us to have our community, for us to have people around us who get us, who can help us through the low points, who can help us celebrate the high points, you know, who are going to be there when we want to surrender to the sweetness. They're going to be right there with us in that glittering river next to the lily pads, you know? So, um, so yes, my friends, I just invite you to first be aware of your thought patterns, to take inventory and, and see if, what your current reality is has been created by your thoughts. I mean, the, the answer is yes, right? The answer is yes. Your thoughts create your reality. But ask yourself, how did I get here? What are the thoughts that got me here? What are the beliefs that got me here? You may not know, but all of them. But you will, you will gain awareness around some of them. And then when you do that, ask questions of that. Okay, where did this belief come from? Where was the, when was the first time I believed that? Just dig deeper, go further, further down, and then you will find it. And then you can shift it. Whew. Anyway, my friends. All right. So that is our episode for today. I'm going to flip the pages for um, a poem that... Oh, these are all, I'm like looking at them and I'm, <laughs> I shouldn't, I know I'm not supposed to, to look before I, before, before I read, but I'm okay. I gotta, I'm going to do the Oracle roulette style poem and just read the poem at the page that there's no, yeah. Okay. There's no preview. Just read it. 
This is a poem from the anthology, The World I Leave You, Asian American Poets on Faith and Spirit. And this is a poem by Barbara Jane Reyes, and it's called, In the City, a New Congregation Finds Her. She keeps safe our memory when nothing's committed to stone. Sibilant selvage woman, thread and knots, talk story woman. She whose memory is not paper-bound, lover of midnight words, scrawled myth upon flesh woman, indigo testimony tattoo woman. We bring her spirits we've captured in bottles. Fire water woman imbibes the spirits woman. We bring her dry tobacco leaves and tea, exhales the word woman, full moon weaving woman. She loses her thick hair from its pins and coils, litany liturgy woman, stitching suture woman. She settles into her favorite chair. She always begins like this. Soul gatherer woman, spiderweb songbird woman. She breathes steam from tea, steeped stems and petals. Peace and patchwork woman, down-home cooking woman. She crushes anise stars, sweetens nightmare into reverie. Stone by stone woman, singed and soot woman. She cups glazed clay between cracked hands. Silver winged bird woman, riverine dream filled woman. She rubs palm together palms calloused. She who conjures for us a feast. Sugar-tinctured moon woman, twittering songstress moon woman. She whose eyes widen with black thundercloud and sea. Salt luster siren woman, winter solstice mad woman. She whose voice billows and peals. She whose eyes gaze nowhere. Howling nomad mad woman. Cut the bullshit mad woman. Her lips release language, not of paper sometimes, we think she forgets. Older than the ocean woman, sargassum and seashell woman. She who has kept vigil always, she of the wing-kissed sunset. Sipping starlight woman, before there was a nailed god woman. Hmm, love that. So magical. All right, my friends. That's all for this episode. May you go forth and have a beautiful, beautiful day full of breath, full of life. And so the divine light in me bows to the divine light in you. Until next time, namaste. If you're feeling like fighting the good fight is bringing you down and hope is starting to fade, grab my free seven-day meditative challenge, Spark Joy in Chaos, by signing up for my newsletter, which will be more light to your inbox. Go to suryagiyan.com slash subscribe.